Look at all this chocolate I have up here. <laughs> I am going to have a really good valentine. I mean, I, I got, I'll share it with you afterwards. <laughs> How's that sound? <laughs> this will be at the back door when you're on your way out. We have a gift for you this morning. Uh, you can have probably two or three or four or whatever you want. Get you some energy. Open your Bibles this morning. To Genesis, 2 Corinthians, and Matthew. Before I get started, I want to just remind you that we're going to Mozambique um, in June. Um, Next Sunday, we're going to have a season of prayer over our team. And uh, we're going to just be praying for our team and, and anointing them and praying over them. And we really uh, encourage you to keep praying. We created a Facebook page this week. If you would like to be on that so you can get updates and prayer requests, um, be sure to join that Facebook page. It's called Missions, Mozambique Missions or something, or you can ask me and I can invite you. Um, but we just want to make sure that we are uh, um, having people pray. Um, one of the things that I, I notice in every missions trip I've ever done and any missions endeavor that I've been a part of has been the spiritual warfare and we get all excited about raising money, and we get all excited about all these other things, but we forget to, to, to always pray. And so keep praying, keep praying. There's spiritual warfare going on. Uh, many of us still have a lot of money to raise. Um, we still have about $5,000 just under that to raise towards the uh, wells and the buildings. So keep, uh, keep praying, keep giving. If you want to give, you can always give online. At most, and there's a Mozambique line. You can always give here. Just make sure it says Mozambique on it. If you want to help one of our team members go, um, there's several who um, need some help going. And if you want to help them go, uh, they would gladly take it. It costs them $3,600. They paid the first hundred to get their spot on the team, and some of them haven't paid it and been able to pay anything since. So um, we ask you to consider that and uh, put their name in the line if that's you. Wanting to help somebody go, um, uh, we would appreciate that. We are in a series I've called Back to the Basics. In a complex world, the reality is God can be simple. I think following him has been made more difficult than it needs to be, and it should be simple. As we grow in our foundation of who he is and his principles of his word, we find that it is really simple as just being in the presence of God and communing with him and obeying him, it's simple. We have spent the last few weeks going over several things We started with, it's just about Jesus. We've made it so complicated, but it really get back to the simplicity of, it's about Jesus and what he's done for us on the cross. We talked about communing with God in prayer, the power of prayer, the need. This isn't isn't something that that should become a duty, but it, it's, a, it's a need of, for us to commune with our God. It's, you get up today and you're going to have at least two meals today at some point, probably, if not three. 
you need those. You want those. You have to have those. And you don't go out without those. And I don't know about you, but you know, food is kind of like a priority in my life. I like my food. I like good food. The, word, the, the communion with God should be the same. It's not something that we, we just do because we should do it. It should become a lifeline to us. I have to have it to survive. And then we talked about the power of the word of God. Again, it shouldn't be a duty. It should be like eating the meat of God's word and, and digesting it and, and letting him speak to us through his word. Then last week we talked about the simplicity of what real worship is. If you missed that message, even if you were here, go back and re-listen to it. It's both audio and video on our website. And I challenge you to go back and listen to that because worship is not about us. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. It's all about our God and our King. And that, there, were some, uh, there was some stuff in there that I think is revolutionary for us as a church and us as individuals. So go back and re-listen to that one this week. Have you ever had a conversation with someone that you left shaking your head and no, have no idea what they just said to you? The doctor's office. They give you all kinds of terminologies and language and and words that nobody knows what they mean. I don't even know if they are words. I think they make them up. And you leave there going, what? Or if you're like me, you look at the doctor and say, can you speak in English now? Can you speak in my language, please? I don't know what you said. Let's talk real world, not some fantasy world that they live in. And everybody has it. Every profession has those people. I mean, whether it be an engineer or an architect, even my guy that comes in and was putting in my air conditioning and, and telling me about my furnace, and I'm lost. I have no idea what he's talking about. Speak English. Or, or even, you know, construction guys. It's all Greek to me. I have no idea what they're saying. Or the accountant. I have no idea what they're talking about. I just want to know how much money I got in the bank and how much I can spend. I don't need to know all your details. Just tell me what I got. I once had a friend that was an accountant and I remember sitting with him and he was trying to tell me something about his job and he, he attended one of our churches and he was trying to tell me about his job and you know I was trying to be a real good pastor and, and really be interested in what he was saying, but I had not a clue. Like, what did you just say, dude? I have no idea what you're talking about. Because we want it simple. And this morning, I want us to go back to the simple things of God. Sometimes the things of God, we, the way we as Christians do things brings confusions to others and people around us. And I want to bring some simplicity to that this morning. Have you ever considered 
the terms and the way that we talk about God? And what it must sound like to somebody who has no clue about God. We use terms like God, Jesus, Father, Son, Christ, Savior, Lord, King, Holy Spirit. This one gets me. Holy Ghost, Spirit. And then we add terms like the Trinity, the Godhead, and then we get real technical and we go into that Old Testament world of Yahweh and Elohim. For an unbeliever or a new believer, these can cause confusion. We try to complicate what God wants to be simple. So this morning we're going to go into a message I've entitled G3. God in three persons. And God is challenging us this morning to stop making him more complicated than he is. He is one amazing, all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God that expresses himself in three amazing persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And these three work together to build the kingdom of God in and through us. Stand with me for the reading of the word. We're going to start in Matthew 28, verse 19. This is Jesus' command to us, and listen for some of those terminology we just talked about. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now to Genesis chapter 1. Verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. And then drop down to verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And finally, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, listen again to the words of Paul as he closes out his writing to the church at Corinth in verse 14. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Again, he tackles all three of those. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Father, encourage us today with your word. And God, give us a revelation of who you are in a powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. God never meant to 
confuse us with all his names and with the concept of what we call the Trinity. But it is actually, it just is who he is. And to be honest with you, I don't think we'll understand the fullness of God until we go to heaven and it says we'll be like him. We won't understand the fullness of the Trinity, the Godhead, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, until we're there. I don't think it's all going to fit together because our minds weren't created to understand that. But what he did do is give us some tools and some understanding for what we need to know for our existence on earth. And to get to that second stage of heaven, to get to eternity with him. And so he wants us not to be confused, but to understand, first of all, that he is God. No matter the name or the, the person you, you refer to him, no matter how you, what, what phrase you use to describe him, he is God. And that is the most important thing that we as a people have got to understand. That God is with us. He is our God. He is God Almighty. He is the all-powerful, all-knowing, uh, ever-present God. And he reinforces that all the way back into Genesis and, uh, and throughout the Old Testament. In Deuteronomy 4, he says, He is God. The Lord himself is God. There is none other besides him. And then again in Deuteronomy chapter 6, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That doesn't change the fact that there's the Godhead expression of that Godhead, in, but he's still one God. He's still the same God. All of it is one God who is above all, who is all, who is God Almighty. Mark 12, 39, Jesus said, the first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And again in 1 Corinthians 8, 6, it says, Yet for us there is one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we for him. He is one powerful, mighty God, and there is no other there's no multiple ways to God, and there is no multiple gods. There's no group of gods. Many religions have tried to tell us that there are all kinds of gods out there. There's all kinds of ways to get to the God. That, 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 that Jesus, God the, that we speak of is only one way, one God. But I'm telling you, there is no other God. He is the only one. He declared it. He said it. He, he, he's been there from the beginning. He is God. He wants us to understand him in the fullness of who he is. And so he gives us these terms for our finite mind, this way of understanding him and his complete power and authority as he works in our lives. He is God the Father. What's John 3.16 say? For God so loved the world. The Father loves the Father loves us. This God in heaven, he's up there and he, and he loves his creation. He created us because he wanted somebody to love. He wanted somebody to, to, to spend eternity with. He wanted somebody to commune with. 
So he created us and he says, I love them. He is in love with you. He loves us. He so loved us that he sent his only son. In 1 John 3, 1, it says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. God the Father loves us with an amazing love. Again, in 2 Corinthians, that passage we read, what does it say about the Father? The love of the Father be upon you. What does a loving Father do? He holds you when you cry. He loves you when you're not so lovable. He loves you when you rebel. He disciplines you. He corrects you. He speaks into your life because he loves you. He loves you. The Father loves you. Then we have the Son. Jesus has so many names, I couldn't come up with all of them, I don't think. He's called the Son. He's called Jesus. He's called Jesus Christ. He's called the Christ. He's called the Savior. He's called the Redeemer. John the Baptist said, Behold, there is the Lamb of God. All these terms that we used to call him Son define his role as God. As much as God the Father has this love and that, and that, that kind of, you kind of consider him to be that architect of the whole thing, Jesus is the one who plays out the plan. God so loved us, what did the Father do? He sent his Son. And his Son comes. And his Son came to earth and he died. First, he lived amongst us. That had to be miserable. He was perfect without sin. And he chose to live in this fallen, created world that he had. And he walked amongst us. And then, and then without any sin, without any doing any wrong, they punished him and they beat him and they tried him and they threw him on a cross. And they killed him. And to this day, I still don't think the worst was what we saw on the outside. I think the worst of that battle took place after he died. When he went to destroy the works of Satan himself and overcome death, hell, and the grave. And when he came out of that grave, that's when the victory took place. Risen Savior, victorious over sin and death. Father loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son. Sometimes I think that we talk about Jesus and say, oh, wow, that's got to be hard to face all of that. But I don't know, the father had quite a job to sit back and watch his son beaten, murdered on a cross. 
son then rose from the grave. And for all who would believe, we are redeemed. For those who will accept what he did on that cross, will believe in their heart, put it part of their lives, he now gives us salvation. We are different. We are changed. Our eternal destination is changed. Our ticket is no longer punched to hell, but it is punched to heaven. For those that believe, he comes and he gives us life. It says he'll give us eternal life. Eternal life. Everlasting life. This is what the Son does for us. This is what the Son gives to us. And then the Holy Spirit. Let me go back to Jesus. Not only does he provide us with salvation and provide us with redemption, but in John 16, 23, he says, if you ask anything in my name, the Father will do it. He now becomes our avenue to the Father. He becomes our avenue to get to the Father. He says, ask it in my name. The name of Jesus now becomes powerful in connecting us, not just to God the Son, but God the Father. And then we go to God the Spirit. How many of you were here when Jesus walked the earth? Anybody at the crucifixion? Man, I thought some of us were that old. We don't, we weren't there. We have evidence that he came. We have evidence that he was here. But for those who now live in this time when he is not on earth, he gave us the Holy Spirit for such a time and for such a people as us. We didn't see him. But he said he would go to the Father. The Son said, I'll go to the Father, and I will send back the Holy Spirit because you need the power that he brings to you. And the Holy Spirit is God. And sometimes I think we make him out to be the lesser of the three. We kind of throw him off the side. In fact, many of us don't even want to make him a person in this whole issue. He's just out there. He's just that it. But he is God. He is God with us. The Holy Spirit has come to be our empowerer for those who are not going to experience Jesus in the flesh. We're not going to experience God the Father in the flesh. But we are going to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And on the day of Pentecost, after waiting and obeying, they experienced that the Holy Spirit would come. And he came with a vengeance. It said that there was the sound of a mighty rushing wind. There were tongues of fire sitting upon their head. And they all spoke in a different language than they had learned because the Spirit of God showed up in that place. God Almighty, not some, some fancy thing, not some uh, drama thing that we can do today on TV or in a, in a theater. That's, it wasn't made up. It was God himself showing up. The Holy Spirit came. Jesus said 
here, as he taught about the Holy Spirit, he said, he's coming because you need him. First, he says, you will be empowered by him to do what? Be my witnesses. You're going to be witnesses. You're going to tell people about, you are going to be a tool to show other people about Jesus Christ. And you need the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. But then he goes on to say that the Holy Spirit will be a, a helper. A guide. A convictor. A counselor. A comforter. A revealer. A protector. He'll be a teacher and an intercessor for us. That is the impact of the Holy Spirit. So for those who believe in Jesus Christ, we're given eternal life. And then he says that, so then the Holy Spirit comes and infills us. And I believe very strongly that we will all speak in tongues if we, if we receive that gift. That you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you'll speak in other tongues, and you will have that gift because uh, you need that gift to communicate with through the Holy Spirit. It's just a powerful tool that God gives us to, to, to communicate with him. And to, to when we don't know how to pray, he prays through us and let his spirit come and do those things. And that happens. And as people who walk in that, the Holy Spirit becomes our guide and our convictor and our helper. You ever get to that place where you're going to try to do something you shouldn't do? And God says, uh-uh. And you get that little thought in the back of your head, this probably isn't a good thing. That's the Holy Spirit bringing direction and conviction. You ever had to make a decision and wonder which way you should go? And all of a sudden you just go, you know what? This doesn't make sense to do this, but I really feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. And you follow through and it's the Holy Spirit guiding you to do what you're supposed to do. The Holy Spirit becomes that guide in our life, that that helper, that convictor in our lives. This is the third part of the Godhead. And God is calling us to understand this morning simply that God wants to be involved in your life. Whether you are consumed with him as the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. He is God. It's amazing what happens when you walk under the understanding that the Father's love, the Son's redemption, and the Spirit's engagement with you, and how they work together in your life. It's an amazing walk with God. Because you have to understand that God loves us, and we are, the, we are really the apple of his eye, the joy of his heart. He loves us. He created us. He could have wiped us out and been done with us. If I was God, I would have wiped us out. Why would I want to deal with these people? But he didn't because he loved us. And he wanted to find a way to redeem us and to get back to what he had created us to be in communion with him. And so he gives this great, amazing relationship between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
he didn't change or try to come up with some concept for us. If you go back to that Genesis passage in Genesis chapter 1, the word for God is plural. It's God's. It says God, but in the Greek, it's plural. It means that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit were at the beginning. This wasn't created because we needed some way to understand God. It was who he is. He is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And then when you get to the verse 26, he says, um, let us make God, make man in our image, in our image, according to our likeness, not my image, but our image. Because the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit working together as the one God revealed to mankind he is God. He is God. He is God. And he is still God. He's still God today. He's the exact same God he was on the day of creation. He hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. He has never changed one bit. He is still God. And when you begin to describe this amazing God, how big he is, how mighty he is, and you grasp a hold of him, and you entertain this idea that he is your father, he is your redeemer, he is your savior, he is your encourager through the Holy Spirit, how do you not respond to him and acknowledge him it's not confusing. It may not all make sense to us in the, in, the, in, the, in the small little details, but in the big concept, don't get caught up in the small details. Get caught up in the concept, he is God. I listed 30 things that I found that give me some type of definition of our God. He is creator. He is savior. He's all-knowing. He's ever-present. He's all-powerful. He's healer. He's savior. He's redeemer. He's reconciler. He is perfect or sinless. He is holy. He is helper. He is comforter. He is guide. He is deliverer. And that's only half of them. He's still God. He is just. He is good. He is eternal. He is miracle worker. He is waymaker. He's a promise keeper. He's unchangeable. He's full of glory. He is almighty. He is majestic. He is friend. He is father. He is co-heir. 
He is worthy. He's anointed. And I got all those done, and then all of a sudden I realized I missed some. He is king. He is Jehovah. There's so many more. This is our God. An amazing God that we need to stand in awe of. Last week I talked to you about the fact that worship is about him. I don't know about you, but if I take those 30 terms and use them in my worship, I'll be busy for a week. Just in awe of who he is. How amazing our God is. Whether he's God the Father, God the Son, or God the Holy Spirit, he is moving in me, and I want to worship him with all of my heart. Because he is all these things to me. We as a church, we as individuals have got to learn to embrace Father God Almighty, the one who loves us unconditionally. We have to receive the beauty of salvation and the eternal life that he offers us. Through the Son. And we get to daily walk in the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's an amazing season that we are in in this world today, that we get the privilege of walking in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. God, in all His glory, as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, wants to reveal Himself to His people if they will just open their hearts and begin to worship Him and acknowledge how big He is. He's Father, He is Son, and He is Holy Spirit, but He is 100% God. The God who loves you, who cares about you, who wants to redeem you, who wants to walk in life with you, to encourage you and embrace you and daily have an encounter with you, hourly wants to have an encounter with you. Minute by minute, he wants to have an encounter with you. Will you open your heart this morning? Will you open your heart this morning? Would you stand with me? First thing I want to ask is if you've given your heart to Jesus Christ. If you're in this room and you, do, you have not received or experienced redemption... Reconciliation to God through the forgiveness of sins and accepted what God has done for you. Today's the day. He wants, to, he wants you to accept him and he wants to give you forgiveness. Today's the day. If you're watching online, please consider what we talked about this morning and how big our God is and how much he loves you. And if you have any questions, please email us at sfcalvary at gmail.com. If you're in this room today and you want to give your heart to Jesus Christ, would you raise your hand? We want to pray with you and believe God for salvation today. Second thing that I want to call your attention to is if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I encourage you to go after it with all of your heart. Because God, through His Holy Spirit, wants to empower you and give you an engagement with this third person of the Trinity that is so powerful and helpful in this walk that we live in this life. So I invite you to, to come and talk to me and let us pray with you and, and believe with you for that baptism of the Holy Spirit.
And as we close this morning, I'm going to invite you to come. I'm going to invite you to come down and find a place at this altar. I want all of us down here. I want all of us to come. And I just want us to acknowledge how holy and how big our God is this morning. We're going to close with that song that we, some of the names that I use called Waymaker. And I want us just to come and let's just worship him this morning. Would you come and join us at this altar? Would you come and just stand at this altar this morning and let's worship him this morning? This God Almighty, the Father God who loves you so much, God the Son who has given his life for you, God the Holy Spirit who wants to empower you on a daily basis, would you come and worship him around this altar together as a church family? And we're going to just go ahead and play that song and sing this song and, and just declare his greatness and who he is and worship him. If you need to bow, bow. If you need to, to lay down, lay down. But he is in this place today. His presence and his power is here. The God Almighty, the God Almighty, the one who is our creator, our savior, ever, all-knowing, ever-present, all-powerful God. He's the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Let's worship him today the master and the king almighty hallelujah jesus hallelujah hallelujah jesus hallelujah you are-